Is Bud Light finally getting itself out of the weeds? A massive deal with the UFC could indicate that is the case. We've got Clay Travis joining the show to get into that, plus so much more. Outkick the Morning starts right now. And with that, hello, everybody. Welcome into Outkick the Morning. I am your hostess with the mostest, Charlie Arnold. Happy Thursday to each and every one of you. We have got quite the show today because we are bringing in Outkick founder, Clay Travis, uh, to talk about a huge story that just broke earlier this week. Uh, The question of the day, you might have already heard about it, is the Bud Light boycott over? I asked this because UFC just inked a huge nine-figure deal and reports are indicating that it's worth $100 million, which would be a historic amount of money for a partnership like this. Uh, Bud Light would once again with this deal become the official beer of the fighting promotion. And this partnership is going to officially start on January 1st, 2024, which means at that point, Modelo will no longer have the fighting spirit. Uh, Now, according to the press release, UFC CEO Dana White said, quote, Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light were UFC's original beer sponsors more than 15 years ago. I'm proud to announce we are back in business together, and there are many reasons why I chose to go with Anheuser-Busch and Bud Light. Most importantly, because I feel we are very aligned when it comes to our core values and what the UFC brand stands for. And Dana, you got into the specifics of those core values last night on Hannity. Take a listen. First of all, let me start with, uh, you know, they they were the first beer company that we really did business with. They're our first real big sponsor uh, when we were getting started. And now we're back with them. And going into this deal, you know, I I know all the controversy and everything else. But for myself, going into a long-term deal with another sponsor, I want to be with somebody that I'm actually aligned with. And I know people are... We're upset with what they did, but uh, I'm looking at all the good things that they do. You know, they they employ 65,000 Americans. They have thousands of vets that work for them. They spend $700 million a year with U.S. farmers using their crops to make their products and many, many other great things that Anheuser-Busch has done uh, in this country. And those are the things that I'm focused on. Uh, When I look at a long-term sponsor that's going to be, we're going to do a six-year deal here. I want to be with somebody that I'm aligned with. All those things that I just mentioned to you are what I'm all about. And not to mention, they they have this thing called Folds of Honor. I'm very big into law enforcement and military. And over the last, I don't know how many years, they've spent like $45 million taking care of, uh, you know, these servicemen and first responders who have died, taking care of their families scholarships for their kids and things like that. So I am very aligned with Anheuser-Busch. Okay, and now to get into it with his reaction, and we'll get into all the details of the new partnership between UFC, Anheuser-Busch, and Bud Light, we bring in Outkick founder Clay Travis. So Clay, obviously you just heard what Dana said last night on Hannity. Um, He calls this partnership something that he really looks forward to because in his eyes, he thinks Bud Light really exemplifies some of the same values core values that UFC does. Uh, They definitely put America first. He loves the initiatives that they're involved in. Uh, The fact that they got into the weeds with Dylan Mulvaney earlier this year, not something he's concerned with because there's so many things that he loves about Bud Light. And, you know, in his, in his words, I'll tell you, I had a conversation with him at the apex just yesterday. He told me it has to end somewhere. You can't boycott a company forever. Someone has to be first, just like, for example, during COVID, UFC decided to be the first sporting organization to go back to business as usual. So all those things being said, 
What was your reaction when you first saw this news? Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, I mean, it, it's something that I would have argued they should have done a long time ago. Uh, and that is basically uh, say, hey, it turns out, you know, pretending that dudes uh, who are women represent the personification of the average Bud Light drinker uh, is not accurate. And uh, and I think going to the UFC or the NFL or places where men like to spend their time is smart. And this to me, Charlie, is is honestly emblematic of what happens with, uh, I think, a lot of brands. They end up with brand uh, people who are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and live in New York and L.A., and they would never drink a Bud Light. And so they go around to all their friends in New York and L.A., and they say, hey, uh, would you ever drink a Bud Light? And they're like, ooh, gross. No, why would I drink? Like, I want, uh, you know, a Cabernet. I want, you know, whatever it is. Like, uh, I'll drink a high-end uh, tequila mix. I'll drink a high-end bourbon. I would never a martini. Yeah, a martini or a, uh, I would never drink a Bud Light. So, okay, well, what would make you drink a Bud Light? Well, maybe if they would really embrace the trans agenda. Uh, you know, and, and, and what happens yeah. basically is you have people who don't understand the brand that are in charge of trying to grow the brand. And one of the number one, I would say probably the number one rule of branding is never leave your base behind. Whatever your base loves about you, you have to make sure that you continue. Like, And, and I'll give you an example. At OutKick, um, it's fine to have a lot of different opinions on a large variety of places, but I'm never not going to talk about college football because I love college football and a huge percentage of our audience found me and found OutKick because of college football. So we're never going to be like, oh, college football sucks because you're then turning it. First of all, I love it, but you're turning right. your back on the foundation of the brand. And I think what happened with Bud Light was they turned their back on the foundation of the brand. And now they're trying to return. Look, beer's not complicated. All right. I understand beer. Uh, do you know what the average beer drinker likes? He likes pretty girls. He likes football. Uh, and he likes sitting around and having a beer, right? This is not complicated. Remember back Absolutely in the day, not. and I bet you remember this, Charlie. Do you remember Coors Light? Their ad was, they they had that song, We Like Girls in Football. You know, it was like, we like cheerleaders in short skirts and football and you know, like quarterbacks eating yes. dirt. I, you remember that commercial? Yes. That is the beer drinker, okay? So you can try to pretend, oh, we're going to go after a new market, but beer drinkers in general are going to be 75 or 80% male. They're going to like to watch other dudes knock the crap out of each other. And I don't <laughs> think that's ever going to change. So I think it makes sense to go back to your base when clearly they had people who had lost the foundational value of Bud Light. Yeah, I think I think the deal makes perfect sense. Uh, the way you framed it, uh, there's there's no questions that I would have as to why this deal occurred, uh, though. Now you have some people I mean, and. I have to imagine it's not going to catch on because UFC has such a loyal fan base. I have to imagine being aligned with a beer that a lot of people define as woke um, when, when all in all actuality, and I'll get into this in just a second. Uh, there are other companies that are just as woke, if not more woke. They're just not showing you so clearly on the surface as unfortunately Bud Light did several months ago. Uh, but what would you say to the people that are like, oh, no, like, no way. Now we can't support UFC. Now we have to boycott UFC. Do you see do you ever see something like that catching on? Well, I mean, if if people, so a couple of things. If people are willing to boycott your product, I think it means the product's not really that good. So I think one of the challenges <laughs> that Bud Light had is, and, and I was talking about this on my radio show uh, earlier, 
I don't think most people who choose between Bud Light, Miller Light, and Coors Light are like one tastes so much different than the other that I refuse to leave it, right? So I think one problem you have in branding is Bud Light and Miller Light and Coors Light brand themselves uh, in, in a way not necessarily based on the fact that the taste is incredible. Uh, but the UFC's brand is not beer, right? So their brand is let's have kick-ass fights. And as long as the fights are kick-ass, I don't think people are going to care what the logo is that's on the mask in the ring. And so it's more about deliver on what your brand is, which is kick-ass fights. If the fights are good, people are going to show up. If the fights aren't good, people are not. I don't think it has any idea or has any impact what brands are advertising inside of the uh, inside of the ring itself or, or outside. Yeah. So, but will this encourage people I mean, when they see Bud Light on, on the octagon floor? Will, will they be encouraged to drink Bud Light or is this? Is this not going to have so much of an impact on the sales of Bud Light regardless? It's just a, a partnership that now is making UFC a whole lot of money, and that's pretty much all that it is. I think Bud Light has to hope for people to forget. Um, and so that's a multi-year process in order for people to forget. I'll tell you what I see now. I go around to a lot of college football stadiums. Uh, I go around to a lot of college bars. Nobody's drinking Bud Light. And if somebody gets a Bud Light, uh, it's because – made fun of. Yes, first thing you say – if you're a dude and you and one of your buddies has a Bud Light in his hand, you're like, oh, you're a Bud Light kind of guy. <laughs> like, that's an insult, right? And everybody yes. else kind of laugh about it. I did an experiment. I don't know if you remember this. I do, uh, the cooler. Today. Yeah, at my concert, uh, at a concert in my neighborhood, uh, we had a cooler filled with free beer. Uh, and it was like, I don't know, four or five different brands. And at the end of the night, the only brand that was still there was Bud Light. And people had been reaching in and over, you know, choosing something other than Bud Light all all night long. Now, I'm not claiming that people in my neighborhood are representative of the whole nation, uh, but I do think that's going on at tailgates everywhere all over the country. You don't want to be the guy who throws an SEC tailgate uh, for the, uh, you know, Alabama-Tennessee game, and all you have is Bud Light, you're going to get made fun of. Yeah, for sure. There are people, I guess, that the concert you attended that would prefer to be sober rather than be seen <laughs> with a Bud Light, which that's yeah, really saying something, down right? free alcohol uh, <laughs> at a concert, uh, that is a sign that you are not, that your your brand is in trouble. Yeah, um, and then just to, to finalize this conversation um, and something else I talked about with Dana is, you know, he had a full in-depth conversation with the folks over, the, the CEO over at Bud Light uh, for, you know, going on months now. And he already knew how he was being treated by Modelo, right? They've been partners with Modelo for some time. Yeah. He said it was Modelo that a lot of times was coming to him, you know, with, with the most wokest of propositions. Like, for example, during COVID, they wanted them to con continue shutting down their operations. Um, when he had his New Year's incident, they wanted him to step down as president for two months. Uh, when he would have posts up about Trump, they would want him to take down that support. So it just kind of goes to show, though, and I think it's important for people to realize there's a lot of companies out there, while they may not be pulling stunts like Bud Light did with Dylan Mulvaney, that does not mean that they still have the same principles that you and I have. No, no. And this is why I'm starting a bunch of different companies, <laughs> because Good. I don't trust a lot of big brands. Uh, I think the moment that they get uh, the least little bit of controversy or someone says, oh, my goodness, what somebody's going to be offended. My answer is, why should I care? 
Um, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to mine. I think the vast majority of Americans care about the overall quality of a brand. And that's why I always like to point to Chick-fil-A. Uh, Chick-fil-A is by far the most popular fast food yes. restaurant in America. Do you know why, Charlie? Because their chicken sandwiches are really fucking good. Uh, because delicious. it's really hard to find a better chicken sandwich, right? And so uh, there are lots of gay people that would go into Chick-fil-A and they'd be like, well, I wish they had my politics. But man, their chicken sandwich is so good. And, and Clay, they're the most polite of all fast they're food places. They're the best fast food restaurant. They are. But it's also that their product is so good, yeah. right? And ultimately, that's what matters to most consumers, I think, uh, is what is the quality of your product. And that's mm -hmm. why the UFC, whoever sponsors them, I don't think matters. Um, it, it's about the quality of their overall product. And that's why for, for OutKick, um, you know, I think it's about the quality of our product. You have to Yeah, compete. absolutely. And, you know, talking about another media organization that uh, has allowed their politics, unfortunately, to seep so far into their product that they're seeing their ratings tank, unfortunately, except for one show uh, that seems to be skyrocketing, uh, which is the Pat McAfee show, right? I said the other day, because there's so many people that were giving Pat crap for going to ESPN. And I even know that back in the day, he said he made a guarantee to his fans. He would never go to a place like ESPN because he would never go to a place that wouldn't allow him, him to be himself. Well, fortunately, ESPN has given him the platform. Uh, they've given him all the resources to be exactly who he is. Uh, and on top of that, they've given him access to all of the millions of eyeballs that they normally would get on their network regularly anyways. Uh, so I actually think it was a fantastic move on Pat McAfee's part. Uh, seeing what he's been able to do on ESPN and the fact that he's still able to have people like Aaron Rodgers on frequently and, and Aaron Rodgers still having the ability to speak his mind without ESPN really at least from what we can tell on the surface, getting in the way. Uh, what's your take on on his, you know, unification with a, a, a sports media Look, company I, that, I is, think, that is seen as being the most woke? I think if you are talent, you're talent, I'm talent, we make a living off of saying what we think. I think if you aren't allowed to say what you think, that ultimately that is going to destroy your connection with your audience. Because I think what, the American audience desires more than anything right now is not agreement on every issue. I think it's that you're authentic and honest with. It. And so if you are an authentic and honest version of yourself with your audience, uh, I think you works. I mean, you, you know me uh, decently now. You've been uh, off air with me. I don't think I'm that much different sitting having no. a beer than I would be talking to you right now. I think I would say the same things. Um, and People used to get nervous. My wife used to say, like, I don't even enjoy listening to your show <laughs> because she always say, you can't say that on the radio or you can't say that on television. And then I go say it. She gets nervous about what the reaction would be. Um, but I, I think you have to be an authentic version of yourself. And if you're trying to act or you're trying to pretend or you are telling someone, hey, you can say that, you can't say that, then that authenticity is lost. And that brand connection goes down. So I don't know Pat well. I've had him on the show several times over the years. If ESPN is allowing him to do the exact show that he wants to do, and based on what he's saying, that's true, then more power to him and more power to him, uh, to them. I think that's how you should treat talent. And that's how shows become successful. Yeah, I think uh, Pat's definitely doing his part, at least over at ESPN, to help to re revolutionize that 
genre of sports media, you know, the one that is more free flowing, uh, kind of like you also uh, yourself are so good at. Um, OK, let's talk about uh, the greater picture of sports right now and what's going on in the Middle East. Uh, generally speaking, when there's some type of injustice occurring in our world, whether here at home or abroad, uh, you see a lot of support frequently uh, by our teams, though it's interesting because in terms of the NFL, other than the Giants and the Eagles, we've really seen none of the teams voice any real loud support for the American hostages uh, that yeah. are over in the Middle East right now. Uh, why is this any different or why is this being treated so much differently than, let's say, BLM was uh, in 2020? I think probably to a certain extent, it's because there's not that many Jewish athletes um, that are in the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball as a percentage of the people that are actually playing. Um, I give credit to the Eagles. They had uh, 10 American flags on 10 different empty seats for their game against the Dolphins. I think that kind of gesture is appropriate. Yes. You went to American University in Washington, D.C. I went to GW, George Washington University, also in D.C., um, I don't know if you saw what's happening on GW's campus, but they said uh, they were flashing messages up on the main student library um, uh, this week, which were endorsing basically the actions of Hamas. Um, and I, I think and my big theory on this in general, Charlie, is I don't know necessarily that every sports league needs to get involved in every issue. But I do think it is important for Americans and American institutions to acknowledge that good and evil still exist. And what you think the tax code should be or what you think the week that abortion should or should not be legal. Like we can have real debates about that. I don't think it's appropriate necessarily for for leagues to get involved because there's right. very validly held opinions, I think, on a variety of perspectives on issues like those, in my opinion. Right. Fourteen hundred Jewish people getting slaughtered by Hamas terrorists is not a both sides issue. There, that is evil. Mothers being killed and their pregnant babies being cut out of them and murdered as well. Uh, what was occurring in Israel is indefensible. It is, in my opinion, pure evil. I think it is incumbent upon all of us that are adults that have an understanding of good and evil to speak out on this. And one thing that really scares me, Charlie, about this in, in general is I worry that there was a, a, a poll that came out from Harvard Harris of 18 to 34 year olds. And it was saying, was Hamas justified? And it was like 50 50. And I think we've created. A, yeah, it's, it's scary. And it was, by the way, 65 plus it was 91 to nine. No, it was not justified which is what I think the nation should believe. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, I think we've created a world where a lot of people have become convinced that if you have a different opinion than somebody else, oh, you're evil. No, no, no. Opinions are not by and large evil. Actions are evil. When someone decides to decapitate someone else because of their religion, because of their ethnicity, in my opinion, that's evil. Mm -hmm. And of good conscience in America, regardless, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, gay, straight, uh, Jew, Gentile, whatever you are, everyone should be able to acknowledge and speak out. Of you. And what, what has troubled me, uh, as I've acknowledged and, and paid attention to so much of this story out there is, uh, for so long, we've heard, oh, if you have a different opinion than someone else on social media, you get branded a Nazi. I can't tell you the number of times I've been called a Nazi 
for something that I've said about a political opinion that somebody else might disagree with. This is the most Jews that have been killed since the Holocaust. Of course. For everybody out there who says, how did the Holocaust ever happen? 80 some odd years later, when I see the reaction of many people who should know better, highly educated college kids, people at GW, which costs $70,000 a year now to go, I'm sure also at your alma mater, American University, uh, the number of people that are coming out and saying uh, the Jews are responsible for their deaths or Israel created all of this, uh, it staggers, it stuns, and it saddens me. Yeah, it is. It's 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 very sad uh, how uneducated people are, how ignorant people are, and how how afraid, like you just mentioned, people are to speak out about what they believe in uh, because they don't want other people to come back at them. I mean, there's it's really sad what's going on. Um, Clay, before you go, I would like to leave on a bit of a lighter note. Uh, yeah. I know you are you. I know you're throwing a Halloween party. Uh, so are I, you? By the way, why are you I, not coming? I, I haven't I haven't even I haven't even given my my official answer yet. There's still time for me to commit yeah, uh, to flying out to Tennessee. Going through the RSVP list, and she was like, "I was like, well, tell me if any of the Outkick people have responded." And she said, "You know, Charlie hasn't responded mm -hmm. at all. It's gonna be a fun party. My wife does throws a good party." I have to okay, say. well, I'm 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 st I'm still trying to figure out if my schedule will allow it because I hope so. But I'm just telling you, I haven't thrown it together my uh, my outfit yet or my costume. So. Yeah. TBD on what I could look like if I do actually get to show up. Uh, what are you going to be for Halloween, Clay? Are you are you, you are you keeping it a secret? No, no, I'll, I'll I'll share it. Do you watch the Righteous Gemstones? No. Uh, so Righteous Gemstones is Danny McBride's show, uh, where they basically are a uh, religious family. Uh, the the proprietor is like a uh, uh, you know back in the day a Jimmy Swagger style character about kids. I am Jesse Gemstone. My wife is uh, the sister, Judy Gemstone. It's a super funny HBO show. Uh, so those are our costumes this year. Ooh. We try to, try to do tandem costumes. I would say love a good tandem, love a good tandem yeah. outfit. That's awesome. We were and Daenerys. Uh, we were Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Miss Elizabeth. Uh, last year, I was statue. No, I, last year, I was Uncle, or one of the years, I was Uncle Sam, and she was Lady Liberty. Uh, so, uh, so we try to have a tandem costume for the party. And then I imagine the kids, uh, they're still allowed to celebrate Halloween because I know across the country, they're trying to cancel Halloween now in various different schools for the stupidest, you know, yeah. they're under the pretense of uh, uh, diversity and inclusion. But I imagine that yeah. that's not happening in, in not my neighborhood. <laughs> Halloween is a monster party. The adults drink, the kids get candy. It's a fabulous day. Lovely. Um, okay, Clay, well, I'm going to let you go because I know you have things to do, people to see, uh, but- <laughs> You know, hopefully, hopefully let's, you know, we'll put it into the universe. There's still time. Maybe you'll be seeing me this weekend for the big Halloween bash. Got to be, be there. Have a good uh, time uh, out uh, all over and, uh, and keep up the good work. Absolutely. See you soon. All right. See you. Bye-bye. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Okay, well, a huge thank you once again to Clay Travis. Always a pleasure having him on the show. Of course, the creator of the brand, nobody like him. Uh, like I said in a show earlier this week, definitely one of the most real, authentic people in all of sports media. So thank you once again to Clay Travis. Uh, because we started off the interview addressing cancel culture and the fact that Bud Light looks to maybe be getting itself out of the deep hole that it's found itself in after doing the partnership with Dylan Mulvaney, uh, I think it's time to also address cancel culture from 
from a different aspect. Uh, this is something I feel pretty strongly about because it seems like time and time again, people are having to address things that they said or did from many moons ago uh, that people just feel the need to bring back up in order to shame them uh, so many years later. So let's get into one of the latest incidents that this is occurring in. British actress Emily Blunt is now feeling the need to apologize for something that she said mm, 11 years ago. This happened in 2012. She apparently fat shamed a female server, and this happened in a resurfaced interview. So she is now addressing these comments, and she addressed them recently on Britain's Jonathan Ross show, saying that these were what she said back in the day. So we'll get into that first. She said, quote, when you go to Chili's, you can see why so many of our American friends are enormous. Well, the girl who was serving me was enormous. You know, I think she got freebie meals at Chili's. Okay. Obviously, we understand what she said and why it was a little bit of a mean girl comment, a bit hurtful. Uh, but she just took it to the next level. We, we all say things that we don't mean. Maybe they slip out. Maybe in the heat of the moment, we are in a bad mood. Who knows? Anyways, during this recent interview... She said that when she realized what she had said 11 years ago, uh, she said, I just felt the need to address this head on as my jaw was on the floor watching this clip. I am appalled that I would say something so insensitive, hurtful, and unrelated to whatever story I was trying to tell on a talk show. I've always considered myself someone who wouldn't dream of upsetting anyone. So whatever possessed me to say anything like this in the moment is unrecognizable to me or anything that I stand for. All right, here's where we need to get into this whole situation. Obviously, like I said, a bit of a mean girl comment, but it wasn't something so egregious that 11 years later, I would feel like she has the need or desire to bring up and talk about it again. The only reason, let's be honest, is, is that she probably felt the need to address it is somebody else brought it up and started shaming her. Maybe this caught a little bit of traction on social media. So now she's thinking to herself, okay, I need to probably address this head on because no chance she even probably remembered that she said that comment from 11 years ago. And it wasn't something so crazy. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, she probably was speaking just openly about what her server looked like. Um, Chili's is one of the most unhealthy environments as far as our restaurants go in this country. Um, and she probably was just speaking out of pure observation. Uh, I think that the idea of cancel culture coming for people, making comments like this, which, again, a lot worse things happening in the world, is just getting so ridiculous I think that every single person out there also who is making the move to shame her or make the attempt to cancel her, no doubt has probably so many words and actions in their books of things that they've said that probably wouldn't be considered so politically correct or acceptable. And so for them to come out and say, oh, you said this, how dare you, uh, to me is just very hypocritical. We've all said and done things in the past uh, that we probably aren't so proud of. But that doesn't mean that we should have to address them more than a decade later. I even being one of them. I'm sure there are so many things that I've said and done, uh, not consciously trying to hurt anybody. It's just sometimes you say things, you don't have a filter, and they come out, and that's just what happens. Uh, but that's why, you know, we let things go. It's just, it's getting so insane to me that people feel the need to address the smallest of comments. So to Emily Blunt, who seems like a lovely human being. I mean, even the fact that she came out and gave such a gracious apology, uh, I think was very sweet of her, very unnecessary. Uh, but it's just getting to the point where I think we just all need to let things go. Uh, none of us are perfect. 
We've all made mistakes. So let's just remember that when you see someone else who has made a mistake, whether it be recent, whether it be from more than a decade ago. Okay, let's just be a little bit more gracious. I think it'll lead to less problems in this world. I think we'll all just happen to get along better. Should we realize that we're all just human? And you like they say, shit happens. Um, okay, well, that's all I've got for today, everyone. I am so happy that all of you chose to join me once again here on Outkick the Morning. I know you're waking up a little bit earlier to catch these clips, uh, but again, I so appreciate you. And without you, we are nothing. I am nothing. Uh, okay, well, that's all the time we've got. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Also, sign up for the alert so you don't miss any minute of a, uh, another future episode of Outkick the Morning. Also, hit the like, hit the comment, and hopefully uh, later on this week, uh, possibly tomorrow, let's make it a point tomorrow, we're going to get into the comment section. So make sure to jump on right on time. Leave a comment. I'm going to get in there, interact with you guys a bit in the comment section. And uh, then we'll get ourselves kicked off to a fabulous weekend. Uh, but on that note, everybody, happy Thursday. Enjoy your day. And I will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.